is Robert from Monday Night Magic and Manistrude. I am here with Conley Woods, who was nice enough to give us a little bit of time outside of Monday Night Magic to do an interview with us. A uh, couple questions. Uh, I was watching you today. You wonderful 9-1 day one. Oh, 9-0 day one. Okay, 9-0. The 10th round was technically on day one, but it was part of day two. Okay. They did it for time constraints. Yeah, time constraints. Which you were not a fan of in the first place from what we discussed before. Well, we didn't get down until 12.30. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, got down at 12.30, 8, went home, got to bed about 2, and then we had to be here at 9, so I had to wake up at 7. So it was just like, kind of awkward, but... But day 2 came and gone. And where exactly did you finish day 2? I don't need to know the record. Where did you finish overall? 61st. Crap. Was that enough points? Was there points involved? I got one pro point, yeah. And is that enough you need, or do you need to go to Nashville? No, I was going to Nashville regardless. I need two more between Nashville and Worlds now. I got one of the one of the five I needed, and I'm getting two for Toronto Worlds, so I need two more between Nashville and, and Worlds. So if I just top 100 Worlds, that's two points. Or like a top 64 Nashville and then top 200 Worlds is two points. So you take any combination of something. Like top 32 Nashville is two points. Okay, excellent. Uh, again, now this weekend was quite interesting. You had discussed before about how the effect of SCARS field would be and how it went. Uh, I was talking to the gentleman, Rich Hagen's group, yeah. and they said how overly powerful white was. Yep. What is your thoughts so far, just from what you saw on the field portion, what you played, and what your opponents were playing? I played black-red, and I played two planes, but they were for an Origins Bowl on a Glen Hawk Idol and an Oriok replica, so I didn't need the two planes, they were just in there to help out. So I played black-red. Um, I just played Grey Ogre Beatdown, basically. I had three Volshock replicas. I played a Moriok replica, Oriok replica, uh, Chrome Speed. Uh, I had a Mastercore, a Kadalta Phoenix, and a Cerebral Eruption as my like, kind of bomb. Other than that, it was just, I had one Silver Mirror, and uh, other than that, it was just Dorks and whatever, and just Beatdown, um, burned them out. I had Flesh Allergy, Shatter, and Grass Darkness, just normally roll with both. So, like, I mean, technically it wasn't a, a 9 0 deck by any means. But uh, I played. Probably five of my six day one opponents were white, so um, it's definitely a popular color, red-white, just has so much removal in it, and aggro guys, and glenhawks, and resets, and combos, and everything, uh, you know, you get your glimmer point tags, and your your oxidus scrap melters, and all that stuff going, it's crazy. So yeah, white's pretty good, I don't, I don't think it's like overpowered or anything, like, I mean, everybody played blue in M11, and no one thought it was overpowered, so... So now, so now that you've managed to do day two and drafting cars, now it's tough. What's not what? not the format, just my... I, I drafted a really good deck the first draft. I had three Volition Reigns, Sword of Body and Mind, uh, Hawk, uh, three Riddle Smith, two Turn to Slag, like just red-blue control. Um, it was a pretty good deck. I misspoke by two cards. I should add one less force for my Silver Cup Cup, plus one Mountain. And then minus one Dark Steel Juggernaut plus one Saberfall Golem, just because he's a better defensive guy. Um, but besides those, I thought my deck was amazing. And the problem was, everybody at our table decided to go poison. So they all had really, really bad poison decks. Like, we're talking about, like, multiple Vector Asks as their only, like, everybody had between five and seven poison cards. That was it, which is way low. But the problem is, when I'm the kind of deck I am, I have to waste things like Turn to Slag and Volition Reigns on 1-1s one at that point, and it's just really awkward. Like, if I had played against, like, good cards and good decks, then I probably would have been way better. Um, but, like, when your opponent has... I literally... One one match, I literally had to Volition Reigns. I Volition Reigns three times in a game, actually. I took a Bladed Pinion, a Strider Harness, 
and a Helgelod Fallen that had to block. Like, those are my three. Like, that's pretty bad targets for Willis Ring. So it's just really awkward matchups. Lost to Kyle Bogomis and then another Poison deck, and I beat a third Poison deck in the third game, so I went 1-2 with that deck, which should never happen. Then my next deck was a little bit of a mess. It was um, green-white Kemba equipment stuff with a Splash 2 Galvanic Glass and um, Arc Trail, but, like, definitely wasn't the greatest deck. Um, it was okay. I expected at least 1-2, two, 2-1 two, with it. I won 2 um, It just wasn't that good of a deck, though. The mana was pretty shaky. Um, a lot of things didn't come together as well as I would like, but... I mean, that one was legitimately not a good deck. But overall on the day, I think it should have been 4-2-ish, 3-3 worse, and probably top 8 with that, but well. So I uh, I have to ask you a couple questions quick. Um, been asking everybody two main questions. Uh, the first question I'll ask for is if today... Today was your last day of Magic, and Magic was officially canceled. Cards were burned. It was all done. You had a, you had the chance to play one last game with anybody at all. Magic past, Magic present, Magic past. Who would it be and why? Uh, I'm an acceptable answer, but I won't take it. I don't know. That's a tough question. I've really never thought about this. Uh, I don't know. I guess the generic creature is the degenerate answer is like somebody really good like Finkel or Kai but I don't know if that would be like like yes that would get my competitive juices pulling but there would be there's no rematch involved or anything like that so I don't know about that I don't know I'd probably just like go back to like my roots and like play just some like fun like 250 I think I'd probably play 250 or 5 color um, with the old with the name of it basically you play 250 cards you have a certain number it's yeah. kind of like the original EDH combos. yeah um, contract belows and all that stuff I'd probably go back and play that just because it's so much fun and the games lasted pretty long and play with I don't know someone one of the people in my in like one of the original stores I used to play with just kind of go back to my roots and have some fun if there's one game left there's no reason to like play cutthroat I think so just have some fun the game's you know meant to be fun so that's probably what I'd do okay my other question is not the other oh okay. Uh, the other question I have is, you do Monday Night Magic with us. Sure. You have a great time with Tom. Tom's wonderful. Yep. Tom's great, and he is really good. You, Gavin, Jack, Marcel when he's on, stuff like that. He did the Magic School Bus. Yep. And the Magic School Bus was your... Kind of. I mean, I originally was a guest thing, and I came on a little bit more. I mean, I still... They did, like, 30 feet up, because I think I was on, like, 6 or 7 of them. It just seemed like I was on a lot, because I was on more towards the end. Um, but yeah. If you had an opportunity and you had the time to do your own podcast, would that be something you'd be interested in, or would you rather just stay with the Monday Night Magic thing because you can come and go as you please and you give us the time? And we do try to ask you some difficult questions based on what's yeah, out there. My big thing is I would never want to be the front man. Like, I would never want to be, like, the straight man that just, like, asks the questions and jocks on the news. I'd rather give my input, you know, crack some jokes, things like that. So, like, the problem with doing your own podcast is you have to find someone else to do that, like, to be the straight man for you. And, I don't know, like, I think Tom does a good job of it just because he's able to, like, like use those resources and kind of gather all the information and stuff, and then he's a pretty good interviewer. Um, I don't know, I'm just not... It, it'd be difficult for me to, like ever ask someone else, I know this sounds bad, but like on a podcast, ask their opinion and then not just immediately like give them my opinion and like kind of ruin the whole thing. Like Tom's able to like ask a question and then just sit back and go, oh, okay. But like me, I would like, you know, want to give my opinion on it because I think I have pretty good opinions on those things. So if you so if you did your own podcast and you had a straight man, if you had a straight man, 
They would be able to ask you the questions and answer the answers. I'm not saying right now. I'm just saying down the line with magic when magic becomes less of a priority, full-time priority. Because, I mean, we all move on from magic. We all, I mean, this is not what you're going to do for the next 40 years of your life. I mean, maybe. You never know. Well, okay, let's say... Yeah, I'm just saying, I yeah. expect me playing professional magic. I mean, I graduated, you know, about, about a year ago now, a yeah. less. Like, I expected to, like, be getting my master's or something. I didn't expect to be playing magic professionally, so, I mean, you just never know. Okay. It's kind of crazy. But would that be something you would be interested in doing afterwards as kind of, like, you could still be competitive, okay? But mix it in with, like, say, I don't know, like a family and all the things like that. Would that be something you would do for more of, to keep... Yeah, the, yeah I, mean, I, field? I mean, I do money on magic for free. Yeah. I don't get paid or anything. So, like, um, the main reason I don't do more interviews and podcasts is because I'm so busy with, I mean, I write for two websites. I'm doing a bunch of, two new video series on Channel Fireball. will be coming out in the next two weeks um, that I'm hosting. Um, one of them is, like, a deck doctor type series where people are going to be submitting lists, and then I'm going to be working on them on, on MTGO and, you know, walking through them and stuff. So that's going to be pretty cool. And then uh, exclusive there for you. And then the other one's like kind of like a rogue uh, evolution type thing where like I take one of my decks and like over weeks like work on it, run it through eight mans, like basically kind of show you the deck building process through my head. Um, so those two things will be coming out in the next couple weeks. Um, and then I, of course like I have my weekly draft video and two articles a week and I do Monday Night Magic once every couple weeks. And um, like if I had more time I would do it just... I don't know, it seems like I make my own schedule basically at this point. I do magic full-time. I'm able to, like, sit around and, you know, do nothing. But in reality, like, I'm actually doing something. Like, yes, I'm on the computer messing around. But um, in reality, it's so magic-related. I enjoy it, but it does take time. So what people don't realize is you don't just sit there and type up 1,400 words and submit it. I mean, there's lots of thoughts and processes going on with this to set it up. First of all, 1,400, I mean, like, both uh, the sites that I have for are 2,000 minimum. Like, 1,400 words would be easy. Okay, okay, 2, well, 2,000 minimum, 2,000 minimum, 2,000 minimum. But to sit there and say, I'm going to type up 2,000 words in a half hour, you have to plan this out. You have to know what you're talking about, kind of get it going, and then it'll kind of all flow yeah, yeah, as I it mean, happens. Occasionally there's tricks. Like, if you can't think of an article, you can, like, do last minute something. There's some tricks for, like, of some topics you can kind of come off the top of your head. But, like, articles are still taking, like, I don't know, like, three hours to type up. Usually you, you go through it once, you type it up, it probably takes, like, an hour or whatever to get on the page, maybe a little bit longer. And that's if you actually have thoughts and do whatever. Then you have to go back and sentence structure and, you know, cut some words out, do whatever, do spell check, of course. And magic articles are insane to spell check because it asks you, like, do you mean Volshock? And you're like, y- yes, yes. Volshock's a word in magic lingo. So that's annoying. But so they take forever. And, yeah, the, the planning process, I mean, some articles obviously take a lot longer than others. When you're building deck lists, that t- takes time and stuff. But even then, even when I'm not doing that stuff, like I'm, you know, looking through databases for, like, cards to build decks around and stuff. Like, And, yeah, it looks like a fun thing because most people do that for a hobby. But in reality, like, I'm prepping for a tournament that I need to win money at or else, you know, I fall flat and then it's not good for me. So um, pretty much anything I do magic-related at this point furthers my career. And although it's a game and I love it, um, you know, there's a little bit more to that. So, yeah, it's just, it's, everything adds up, takes a lot of time. Like, I mean, yes, I don't have a 9-to-5 job, and I'm grateful for it. But in reality, I'm probably putting in at least as much hours as, you know, a 40-hour week job. I would think after writing multiple articles and doing podcasts, and like you were telling us last week before you came on, that you were doing drafts beforehand, preparing for this weekend. I, I, I Like you said, you just gave a brief description to people of how difficult it is to do what you do for, for a living. Yeah. And... The true measure of anyone's worth at anything on a professional level is their pure passion for it. What What is the one thing that would make you go, 
I don't want to do this no more. Is there something, someone, something that would happen that would make you go, this is, uh, no, this is not for me anymore? Um, well, like, there's a couple things. One, if the Pro Tour was ever abolished, I probably wouldn't play Magic anymore. Like, I love the game, but I'm so competitive, I need something to aspire to, basically. Now that I'm here, it's less about aspirations and more about, you know, bringing in a financial thing, but at the same time, I'm still aspiring for money. And I know that sounds like a bad thing. It's not just money. Obviously, I want Pro Tour top eight things like that recognition, but money comes with those things. When you're a PTQ grinder, you're like, oh, I just want to make a Pro Tour, and that's your goal, and there's no money involved. You just want, like, kind of the fame. Um, now I just kind of, like, continually want to get better, want to, you know, make more top eights, things like that. Um, so if the Pro Tour was ever gone, I would probably just stop playing Magic, or at least never invest in anything else. I would not buy any more cards. Like, I wouldn't necessarily throw away my cards, but I would not be looking to do what I do now, travel as much. Um, the other thing is, like, I don't know how this would ever happen, but deck building to me is, like, one of the main reasons I play, like, just having a creative outlet. Um, and, like, I don't know, with... Like, some people are like, oh, you know, play the best deck or whatever, and sometimes you have to or whatever. Most of the time I like building my own decks, and it's just because it's just, that's what gets, like, if I just always net decked, I would get bored of the game really quickly. It's the same thing if, like, I only played one format. Like, these are things that, like, if you, all I'd ever do is play standard. I understand how people just get burnt out, and they're like, I'm tired of F&M or whatever. You have to play multiple formats. You have to, like, work on your own ideas, even if you don't end up playing them. Just work on them. Just get your mind somewhere else that you're not used to doing in Magic. And that's why I like to play a lot of formats, build a lot of decks, just continuously evolve. Um, you know, thought processes in my head, and, you know, Limited is great for that. That's why a lot of people like Limited so much, because they don't realize that they're basically building a deck every single time they draft. Um, and they might not be good at that in constructed terms, but they might be good in limited terms. So, like, all those things, just keeping magic fresh. You just have to find a way, because it's a, it's a game at its core that's been the same for 16 years, but there are small things about it that change, and you just have to kind of latch onto those and realize that, like, you know, there are ways to keep things new. Do you take pride in being the rogue deck builder? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, like, I, w- I don't I don't think I hinge on it. Like, a, like uh, before I got kind of big, um, I was like, well, I can't, you know, play that deck because somebody else did well with it. I have to play. Or, like, if I was working on a deck and somebody else all of a sudden posted somewhere, I'd be like, well, I have to switch decks. And, like, that was a little ridiculous. But um, I definitely, I, I don't know, it's kind of like a, a man of the people type thing. Like, people like like rogue decks. And, like, I don't do it because, because I have to go rogue. I do it because I think I have an edge doing that. And, uh, like, because I do it for the right reasons, I think, uh, I think I enjoy doing it, and I, you know, embrace the, uh, the stereotypes and everything that comes with it, but, um, I know a lot of, most rogue deck builders have not had success in the past. A lot of people have said, like, I'm probably the most successful one so far, and that's, you know, an honor, but uh, hopefully, like, new players will continue to, like, you know, mess with decks. Like, there's no, there's no limit to the, the amount of creativity any format can handle, so, um, a lot of players just get ho-hummed with, you know, there's 20 moto lists, and they all did well. Why would I spend time? Or they just don't have time. Some just don't have time to work on lists. It's definitely a huge time commitment, and I was only able to do it during college because I didn't go to class ever. And, I mean, it's college. Nobody, nobody ever does anything in college. Yeah, well, but, you're, uh, you're supposed to be drinking and and having fun. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's understandable. I would, skip tests, or I would skip class and just go to the tests and read the book and stuff, all that stuff. But it allowed me a lot of time for magic, and now I do magic you know, full-time, so I have more time for magic, so I'm able to kind of get that time commitment, but, um, yeah, I definitely encourage people to do it, and, I, like I said, it's going to be rough, you're going to, you're going to fail a ton, like, rogue deck building, you fail 95% of the time, like, your deck is stuck, so you just got to move on, learn something from it, and move on to the next one. Now, you talked about when you're doing this new segment on helping people build decks, or tweak decks correctly, are you bringing this out for 
the people that are going to try to be pro qualifiers, or is this open for anybody that's a little, like um, like on a budget level, a budget level people that don't have the money to invest, but can put something together that might be good, and you might be able to tweak it. I don't know. I'm just throwing I mean, out there. So, so basically, uh, we're going to do email submissions, and I'm going to sort through them. I'm not huge into the idea of budget. I understand people have budgets, but I am competitive enough that I think if you want to win. Uh, money should not really ever be a factor. There are ways to acquire cards that don't involve money. You can trade, you can go to draft and like try to win and get first pick or whatever. You can acquire a network of friends, you can borrow cards for like a certain amount of money, whatever. Like I think that if winning is your bottom line, money should not be an issue. Um, and I understand for some people, you know, they don't have money and they're like, well, how can I acquire these cards? There are a million ways to get cards. Like, yes, cash is one way, but you know, you like, you can literally. I don't know, I've, I've last minute, like, gone on Moto to get cards and just, like, put up a Facebook message, and I realized I have a little bit more means than most people just because I have more friends, but it took me, like, 16 seconds to acquire four Jaces off Facebook, just to be like, sure, here you go. And, like, you just got to make friends, get out there, but, like, the whole budget aspect, I understand players that do play on a budget, and if a deck happens to be budget, I have no problem with that, but I would never, like, intentionally make a deck and go, well, I'm trying to keep under $100, because I think you're just hurting your chances of winning. And if you're playing to have fun, that's one thing, but I play to win, and I encourage other people to play to win. That's the people I at least un- understand the most. Um, and if you're playing to win, like, I don't know, just build the best deck. Period. Yeah, I had a 20-minute interview with Michael Jacobs. Yeah. And the deck he was building was, it had all the makings of Valakut ramp, except for it wasn't Valakut. And he talked about why he went away from Valakut and how he was more important in focusing on being different, like you. And I thought that was fascinating because you see so many people now and their community of people, like your Channel Fireball group, how you all work together and try to work on decks and stuff like that. And it's interesting to see that he's going off on his own direction with this. And it's quite interesting because now when it comes to a standard tournament, you guys work together on stuff. Do you try to run pretty much the same thing, or is it like, like let's say, let's say you and LSV have a certain build, and Manas and Ochoa they have their own ideas. Do you work together on this together, or what's the call on that? It basically depends on whether there's a best deck or not. Um, very rarely is there a best deck, and people kind of sit in their own comfort zones. Uh, for the last couple of pro tours, I built last minute decks. And, you know, sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. And that's just me taking the metagame and um, using all the information I have and building a base of metagame beater. And, like, Grandstand works really well, for instance. I went A2 or whatever. Um, but for other pro tours, I haven't necessarily worked with them as much as I should have, um, just because they're in a different state, basically. But if there's a best deck, then everybody in the team will play it. You know, they'll give a list. I had the Doran list, for instance, for Amsterdam. I just wanted to, I thought my list would be equally as good as it was, or if not better. Um, and I beat Doran five times in the day. So, um, but if there was, like, for instance, in uh, in San Diego, like, that Nihilist was kind of the best deck, but not really. Like, some people did well with it, some people didn't. So, like, a few people just didn't play it. There wasn't, like, but for, like, Elves in Berlin, for instance. Channel Fireball really wasn't together then, but if they had been, like, I'm sure everybody on the team would have just played Elves because they knew better. So, like, we definitely share ideas and stuff. We don't, we don't force somebody to, like, play the deck. Like, you have to play this. Like, my decks are de- definitely out there, and some people just don't have time to test them because they require so much testing. Um, whereas, like, you know, if you take a jump list and you tweak five guards, you don't need to get as much testing as with some brand new list. So there's a lot of time constraints, and, uh, I don't know, like I said, we're, we're more about sharing ideas and stuff like that, and, you know, if somebody wants your deck, fine, you, you give it to them. But you don't, you don't say, well, three people have to play this deck or something, like, whatever. 
Okay, before we go here, I want you to share any final thoughts you have, anything you want to plug. Obviously, Channel Fireball. Obviously, your other articles, your podcast you talked about before. TCG player, yeah. TCG player. Is there anything else you'd like to plug before you go? Not really. I don't know. Just go play Magic F1. Like, people take it a little too seriously these days. Like, I, I don't get in big into the it's just a game because it's more than that. Like, there's a lot of lessons you can learn. But I think when you apply those lessons only to Magic, you're kind of... I wrote an article on this recently. I think you're just kind of cheating yourself. Like, like I don't know. Just because it's a game doesn't mean you can't learn things about life playing Magic. And, uh, I don't know, I travel the world, I hang out with my friends, like, it's good times, like, I, I don't know, I think other people should try it, and it seems so unattainable, literally two years ago, I would never have told you I was in this spot, but, you know, you win one PTQ and everything changes, so, no. you gotta keep at it. Yeah, I gotta tell you, that's the one thing about today, I, I would have never thought I was gonna be here, I was very fortunate to work some things out with some people that have me stay here, I drove 12 hours to be here, as I told you before, it's been... Next to my cruise, my honeymoon cruise, is probably one of the greatest weekends I've had in a long, long time, yeah. and uh, this is an experience that I'll never forget, and again, I appreciate you spending some time with me. Of course. We'll do Monday Night Magic again as always. Yep, hopefully. Thank you, sir. Take care. Appreciate that. Let me stop the recorder quick.